here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. What's going on, everybody? This is Matt Dixon, and you guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. With me in studio today is Justin Brugman. Awesome. All right, so Justin and I sat at the office today, and we went rounds. We spent about an hour trying to decide what it is that we wanted to talk to you guys about today, and I think we put together a pretty awesome show. What do you think, Justin? To be determined. It's going to be good. It'll be good. Awesome. So today, I think we're going to talk about some of the elements behind what goes into a comprehensive financial plan. Right. Right. Correct. And so, um, you know, we're going to detail some things like, you know, what can you really um, uh, maybe expect or look for when uh, talking to a financial advisor and some of the things that you might find valuable out of that meeting. Um, And then maybe some misconceptions about what financial planners really do. True. Absolutely. And it can be because there can be this. You know, maybe a misconception that all financials do is just investment management. Mm-hmm. That, that's all we worry about. That that's all we do. And the real, the reality of it is, we do do a lot more than that. We try to do this as a firm for all of our clients to be able to develop comprehensive financial planning mm-hmm. for them. Right. I mean, there's so many steps that really go on behind the scenes that someone might not necessarily see. Mm-hmm. but the advisor is really doing. Um, so Justin, where where should we kind of launch today? Uh, what's something that an advisor might start with? Let's kind of go to the very beginning of this thing and say, all right, someone walks in and they say, hey, like, what does this process look like? Mm-hmm. Where might be, you know, a natural starting point? Well, the reality of it is, is it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But Very if true. you could go through, I mean, if you're looking at comprehensive financial planning, we're talking about investment planning, retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning. The, and goes, we're not going to be able to even talk about, you know, all of those things today. We might only get through half of it. So maybe next week we have to dabble into the, the second half of this. But maybe we can get through, you know, a few things. Today. We're going we're gonna to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, what would you say... Say even a client walks into the door. Mm-hmm. What do you think the most important of a financial plan? What is the most important thing for us to figure out is? Well, I think one of the the main pieces is starting with, you know, the groundwork of where are we? Like, you know, what mm-hmm. is it that you have? Right. Like we need to know the basics um, so that we can start maybe doing some cash flow analysis. So saying, hey, what's what's the picture here? Um, you know, you have this here. Um, that's a retirement account. Great. But maybe you also have a rental property or something that is generating a cash flow. So looking at all of the different pieces that are in play. Absolutely. That is correct. Yeah. I'm going to backtrack just a little bit on you here. Okay. The first thing, we need to know what the goals are. Yeah. Because if we don't know where we're trying to get to, mm-hmm. we have no idea where to start. Right. I mean, you, you got to know what someone's looking to do. Correct. 
And that is the main purpose of financial planning is to establish the goals and then framework it so that they can achieve those goals because everybody's goals are so different. It's true. I mean, you may have clients, people that they want to buy real estate property here in Mm -hmm. the next, say, five to 10 years. That's a different plan than somebody that wants to retire in 40. Right. Well, and you're crafting these plans around what those goals are. And so, I mean, I do think it's a good idea to first get kind of just a snapshot of like, Mm -hmm. what's, what's the broad picture, right? Like, you know, what are your, what's your income? Right. What's that income, you know, potentially going to be in three years from now and starting to log all of that info, get it on paper so that, you know, you can have a picture and a snapshot of all of the different moving pieces, because before you even start to set a goal, you, we, you have to know what is a realistic goal based on what it is that you have. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. And, and the inventory is the real... Inventory. That's a good way to put it. The inventory is is one of the biggest part. Because, I mean, even me personally, mm-hmm. I have stuff in places that I, I'm pretty sure it's there. But do I know exact values? Do I know exactly what it actually is? Right. Pro- even I should probably do better about that. But... Having the inventory is even on, we try to do with our clients, which we use an asset map, which is, Mm -hmm. it's an inventory system that shows a snapshot, current day, current time of everything that you have. It's a really powerful tool. It is, just because it's a visual on one piece of paper rather than getting 15 different pieces of paper that has things listed. Yeah. It just makes it too complex, and by the time you're three pages in, you're done. One of the things I've noticed in helping people build an asset map and look at, you know, what exactly they a lot of people after you're done, they're like, whoa, what just happened? I did not Mm -hmm. realize that I had so much stuff in so many different places. And, oh, wow, my net worth is actually higher than I thought Mm -hmm. that it was. Um, And so it really helps people see it. Like you like you mentioned, Justin, everything on one page. Yes. What am I really dealing with? And, and yeah, and that's the biggest starting point also for us and for our clients. So it's just, it's mm-hmm. mapped out. They can see get, it. Yeah. Both people are on the same page. Right. The advisor has to be on the same page mm-hmm. as, you know, the prospect that's looking for help. And it breaks down to, that's the beginning point of, all right, this is where I, well, this is what I have. And this mm-hmm. is where I want to be. Right. So with Asset Map, with this tool that you're talking about, it does a lot of things, right? Do you want to talk about some of the different things that the tool, the software actually allows you to do as an advisor? We, I mean, we can't, we can, which we'll kind of work this through the different segments as, as it integrates through the different sections of the comprehensive financial plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But the big thing that it does, which it'll project, you know, what the first stages of financial planning other than the goals and the inventory is, the cash flow analysis. Okay. Because if, weird hypothetically, let's say we're making $80,000 a year and that's our inflow, that's our take home, mm-hmm. and our outflow is 100000 100000 right? 100, not $100, if that's it, that's great. Mm-hmm. But we got a problem. Right. Because we're going $20,000 negative each year and it's really hard to accomplish goals if we're going backwards. Mm-hmm. 
So that is the biggest that analysis of where's the money coming from? Where's the money going? You know, is there a lot of outstanding debt that this needs to kind of delay the process of saying maybe putting a ton of money towards retirement or a ton of money towards, you know, saving for a real estate purchase is it might have to be getting the debt part figured out first before tackling the other goals. Okay. So you're able to take this, look at things and say, you know, well, if you start today, we might have an issue in the future. So why don't we look at maybe different ways to generate income or delay something or, hey, you know, you're doing great. Things are awesome. The software is projecting Mm -hmm. awesome things for your future. Maybe we can even add to something by, you know, there's there's so many variables there where it's like it allows you to really see past today and mm-hmm. into tomorrow. And it might be an eye opener also to reevaluate the spending habits. True. Like maybe it is, you know, we're going out to dinner four times a week. Mm-hmm. Then it might need to be something that's scaled back or a lot of clients wouldn't want to hear this, but you may need to go get a second job. And you've seen that before, too. I've yeah. seen that before. But having that analysis of all the inflows and all the outflows is the next step past the goals in the inventory. Mm-hmm. And then it allows us to project out as how what do we need to do to accomplish these goals. Gotcha. Can you think of any other tools kind of like asset map that you might use, like maybe to gather a risk tolerance? I mean... I don't want to jump too far into the show, but I think that's another big piece, right? Is thinking about where where everything falls on a risk spectrum. It does, yes, but we're jumping a little bit ahead in the investment planning and management. So, so thinking forward to, I mean, I know we're we're kind of starting to run up on our first break, but why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a preview? as to what they might expect to hear next what's what's kind of that natural next step after we generate you know the asset map what might we be kind of looking at well as it's just as a financial plan is if you're in the cash flow is we're also we're looking at first is to make sure we have a healthy emergency fund and if there's still excess cash flow that we're funding retirement um, and funding other goals that we have established. And then it's a working, it kind of works into a little bit of investment planning and Mm -hmm. retirement planning. Lifestyle management. Lifestyle management, which it can be a real, I mean, we have the tool, the asset map that does that also. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you can do it on a spreadsheet, you can do it on a piece of paper, but it also is a matter of getting that inventory system so you know and if you're married you and your spouse knows exactly where you guys are and what goals you want which if you have goals please talk to your spouse about the goals because you want the same type of goals and if they're not then there might be different okay you know different steps to doing that so we will jump back into this here in just a few minutes after the break 
All right. Well, you guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show here on 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. My name is Matt Dixon, and with me... Justin Brugman. See you in a minute. All right, guys. We are back from the break. This is Matt Dixon and... Justin Brugman. All right. And if you happen to miss the first part of this show, you can always go to our website at littlejohnfs.com. Go to the Educate tab and check out the podcast. We're on a bunch of other platforms, too. So feel free to check that out. Um, but, Justin, we we left everyone off around this idea kind of a goal setting, right? Correct. And in retirement, there's a huge section of planning that often gets overlooked, right? We talked about that kind of at the very beginning. Everyone has this tendency maybe to think about financial advisors as, you know, managing assets. Okay, that's that's a huge part of it. But what about planning? Mm-hmm. Planning, uh, planning is a big part. Yeah. Can, I mean, you deal with a lot of clients all the time. Give me an example of, you know, how someone might need to set goals in order to be successful in retirement. Well, the goal part is the important part because to measure, I mean, there's not a broad spectrum that says, mm-hmm. all right, you need to save this much money and then you can retire. It's true. It's very different for every individual, depending on their lifestyle, um, their right. age. So if I want to go spend $250,000 a year in retirement versus the person who wants to you know, stay at home, garden, hang around with the family locally, mm-hmm. and you know they're not spending a ton of money, that goal really might be very different than the person who wants to travel a lot mm-hmm. and do a ton of, th- I want to go on a river cruise in Europe that the goal structure there could be really different. Yes. And that is one of the most important parts when looking at retirement planning as a whole, which there's a lot that goes into retirement planning. I mean, we're just currently right now, we're talking about the accumulation phase, which is that's the saving money to get to the retirement mm-hmm. part. We will try to get to the distribution phase and that section, Social Security, Towards the end of this, if we have time, if not, we could finish up next week if we have to. Okay. But the conversation between clients that say, hey, I want to retire at 55 or say 58 versus 67 mm-hmm. can be a very different conversation as well. Yes. I mean, it really could. And really, in a lot of ways, it's most time when clients say want to retire at 57 or earlier or they want to spend more time traveling and things mm-hmm. like that so but that's they're, also expensive so their expenses are going to be higher in retirement um and so that can change mm-hmm. and a lot is time frame or time horizon from today to retirement having this conversation at a very young age Mm-hmm. can have drastic benefits than having this conversation at, say, 40. Because it just gives you more time to prepare for what, you know, a lot of the times, at least from what I've noticed, it really helps out a lot if there's some other source of income between, like you mentioned, retiring early at 55, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you don't want a penalty on drawing from a retirement account, you know, before 59 and a half, 
maybe you need some type of income source in between those four, four and a half years where you're able to supplement that lifestyle without having to either take a penalty or draw from that retirement account because it really does deplete a lot faster when you're accessing it, quote unquote, early. Yes, especially with penalty Mm -hmm. because we don't want to pay the IRS any more than we already do. No. So to pay them more is never um, usually a strong conversation. I don't think I've ever had a client say that. You know, Matt, (laughs) I really just want to pay the IRS a little bonus. Like they've been so good to me. Let me just shell out some extra money. I just want to pay more taxes. Yeah. Said no one ever. Yes. And so when talking of retirement planning, which, yes, you can, you have this goal that you have in mind or, or we help you establish those goals if you haven't done it. Right, on, because a lot on, of people don't even set the goal. Yeah. Or they don't know. And that's perfectly okay. And that's also benefits is why having the inventory of what, what you have now makes a difference. Because, I mean, maybe you've been working for the past 20 years and maybe for some reason you're just, you know, say you're putting 10% in for retirement. They're mm-hmm. matching another 6%. Maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just something you don't pay attention to. So maybe you're ahead of the game even further than you think you are. Right. Or vice versa. Maybe, you know, doing bare minimums, and then to get to your goal, you have to increase that savings amount to accomplish those goals. And especially if you're going to have to retire, or you want to retire early, say before 59 and a half, say at 55, 56, there's some different rules in some 401ks and 403bs that you can have access to that money sooner, but that's a whole nother conversation. But also is it might be worth having a different nest egg of after-tax money to even carry you over one to Mm -hmm. 59 and a half or carry you through to 62, which when you're first eligible for Social Security, you take it as a hit. Or right, as so a ding. You're talking about having almost kind of different buckets, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe you have a Roth bucket. You mm-hmm. have a bucket over here with some traditional money. So being able to access that money, you know, in different ways to kind of optimize. Is Correct. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. And that's going way back. You're jumping ahead again on me, Matt. Oh, that's man, more I distribution, tax mm-hmm. planning. We'll get We're to that. We're just talking about the retirement stuff at the moment. Okay. Um, and... You know, and it's a big part. Retirement is, that we see with clients, is a very, it is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. 100% scary a lot of times because you're used to having, say, this income stream. You're used to working. You're used to bringing in a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So having goals and having the assets available that makes you, one, sleep better, and two, be able to accomplish your goal is important and having that plan early, earlier is better. Well, yes. And I mean, have you seen a lot of goal shifting play a huge role in this too? Because I mean, I think I've seen that, you know, on a maybe a little bit more limited scale than you have, but you know, someone has this goal and then they talk through things and they look at the picture and they say, wow, you know, I think I can actually set my goals maybe a little bit higher because there's really more meat on the bone than I thought there was. So why don't we change that goal Absolutely. to meet what I actually have? Well, put it this way. Your retirement goals at 22 mm-hmm. are probably vastly different than they are now. It's true. Because, I mean, even when you throw 
maybe marriage, maybe mm-hmm. children, right? Maybe a mortgage. And then you wake up one day and you're like, man, I got eight grandkids. Thing, yeah. The plans have changed, right? Yes. Like, I really like these grandkids and I think I want to spend more time with them. And goals do shift. And that's mm-hmm. why is when we do, a st- you know, when we do financial planning for clients, even if they're not necessarily, you know, we're not necessarily managing their assets, is we like to readdress that plan mm-hmm. usually about every three to five years. Right. Okay. If not even sooner than that, depending on, because life changes, life can get crazy. And so that's why having those updates and asking those questions, say, if I do this, how it changes the scenario, how it changes the goals. And if the goal shifts, your spending habits and your accumulation or savings of assets may need to change also. Mm -hmm. Or even maybe in different stages, you may inherit inherit money. That might change your goals because it might have filled a gap even that you didn't expect. Right. That's true. And that inheritance piece is one I feel like people kind of just subconsciously push to the back of their brain because they're like, man, I don't ever want that to be a reality, right? And so we tend to omit that maybe um, from the picture when it really does and can change things. It can definitely change things. It's one of those is if it's there, it's nice to know it's there. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's one of those you never really want to plan on ever having to it's use. It's true, yeah. Just because That's the psychological one. aspect of it is, you know, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, just a minute ago how retirement planning, goal setting, you know, that whole thing can be kind of scary, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a very, very new thing. You've never walked down that path. Um, what I've seen from some people has been this kind of fear around social security, right? Because there's, it's kind of a complex web. When Mm -hmm. do I take it? Uh, Spousal benefits, how do I understand this? And there is a lot that really goes into social security and when do I take it? You know, break even points. So mm-hmm. what are in I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit after the break in more detail, but just generally, what are some things that you've seen um, with Social Security and how optimization can really help alleviate some of that stress? It can go a lot of different ways, which it depends on who you talk to and and what the client is after and what. And what our clients are after is because, you know, in a perfect world, everybody's going to live to be 100 years old. Mm -hmm. We should wait until 70 so you get the max payout on Social Security. But they that might not always be even what a client wants or what a client needs. Right. Quality of life now versus later Mm -hmm. versus. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that go into that. I mean, it can be a different even analysis of what assets they currently have, mm-hmm. um, what distribution rate is safe and comfortable for them mm-hmm. to have, um, which because if so, if you're going to diminish half your assets in, say, between 62 and 70 to make an extra thousand dollars a month, that it, right. I mean, you it make a may good not point. make sense. Mm hmm. 
And for some, it does. There's different aspects to look at because of survivorship benefits and things like that. The longer you wait, the higher the survivorship benefits are. And this just goes to show that, you know, a financial plan is really unique to the individual. You talked about that earlier on the show. Not, you know, one financial plan is not the same as another because there's way too many variables, way too many moving pieces, and you really have to consider everything that goes into that right mm-hmm. um and social security is one of those things where it's really predicated on the big picture yes and it's it's an individual scenario for each client mm-hmm. and there is no there is no perfect there's no perfect blanket financial plan and i think that i think you touched on something right there and um uh, people have that misconception that you can get it just right and that there is this magic formula that's going to give me the most money and but it's there's too many variables because we can't predict the future we don't know how long you're going to live for and we don't there's so much planning for longevity Mm -hmm. i mean how tax rates that change exactly investments performance that changes it's a it's a moving target which Mm -hmm. The use of probability and statistically is, I mean, if you have a longer time frame, the longer chance of it fitting into this, you know, goal scenario. And that is why we update financial plans for clients and to make sure is you can adjust. I mean, you can have a plan even for the beginning even of 2021 to current. Mm-hmm. Markets things, haven't been that great, so right. it can shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it blows it up long term. But maybe you shouldn't buy the $300,000 motorhome today. Maybe you should wait a year. I don't know. It depends how nice the motorhome is. I yeah, guess. that's true. <laughs> but we are running a little bit long. We kind of touched on Social Security, but I think it's about time for us to take one of those obscene profit breaks. So I hear the music starting. That's a good thing. We're going to take this break, and when we come back, Justin's going to tell you all of these little ins and outs about Social Security. All right, this is Matt Dixon. And Justin Bruggerman. And you're listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93.9 and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, we are back from the break, and that was my best David impersonation. So <laughs> hopefully you guys appreciated that, but... Uh, when we left off, we were talking about social security optimization, right? And we mentioned that there's a lot of things that go into that, and it's kind of intimidating at first, but I think we should take the time to break it down and talk about what does that even mean, right? So right. what goes into social security optimization? How can it help you? Justin, lead us off. So... There's a lot that goes into Social Security. Oh, yeah. Which in a lot, I mean, is it can be a little bit complex, but you also put a lot of money into it, and it is an income stream when you retire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could say all the things. Will it still be there? Things like that. That is not a conversation I'm going to get into on the show. Yeah, we'd be deep in the weeds. But there is some basics when we're talking about optimizing Social Security, which... Some people know, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, which and also it changes is because they've changed the rules about when full retirement age is a little bit, which what we're going to talk about 
is anybody born 1962 and later. Okay. If you were born between 1956 and 1961, these numbers aren't going to be As perfect. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> but if you have questions on those, we can always help you answer them. If wait, it comes wait, to wait. It. So if they need help, who do they call? They could call us, right? Mm-hmm. Why not just throw that out there? The phone number is 541-375-0898. We're right here in Roseburg. We also have a branch in Salem. Give us a phone call. We'll make it work. Yep. Okay. And also, if you have those questions too, if you get on ssa.gov, which is a social security website, mm-hmm. you can create your own account and you can look at your updated annual benefits and it'll show you as well mm-hmm. on the different pricing, which social security is based on 35 years of earnings. Mm. So the longer you work, if your income is, especially if it's higher at the end of your working years, it will adjust year by year. So it might actually be beneficial to get that raise right before you retire. Well, it's if it's always 30, beneficial if you have to make more money. Thirty-four years. <laughs> it's always beneficial to make history. more money. But yeah. I mean, even say is maybe you've only worked twenty years, mm-hmm. and then the difference between going say collecting Social Security at sixty-two and sixty-seven—that's five more years of earnings. That really You're getting rid your of five zeros mm-hmm. that will jump the average sum. So it does have benefits to continue working. Um, how much? That's also a lifestyle decision, and it's different for every individual. But if we're going full retirement age, 67. So born 1962 and later. Okay, so full retirement age for those people is going to be 67 to Correct. get the 100% individual benefit but correct it's not just as simple as looking at the individual benefit is it no, no. there's more to of course. it so let's, let's stick with the individual first so let's right. not go let's not go too crazy all right so individual benefit so if you were to take if you were to have a full i think they call it a pia your, or your full retirement age calculation mm-hmm if you were to say to retire at 62 instead of 67, you get 70% of that amount. All right. And it ratchets each year about 5% to 62 to 63, another five, and then it's about six and a half, and so on. Okay. Then the opposite side of that is, is if you delay till 70, you mm. get an 8% increase each year. So they're tempting you like, hey, wait a little bit longer so we don't have to pay you because life expectancy is just Mm -hmm. one of those things that's in the equation. Yes, it is very much so in the equation. And there's not going to go full-blown, which don't quote me on this on break-even points, Mm -hmm. but if you were to take it at 67 versus 70, usually the break-even is between about 84 to 84 and a half if I remember right, give me an 83 to 86 range just to be safe. Sure. Just okay. because of you've had three years of distribution. So, or mm-hmm. income from social security, I guess. Right. It takes a while to make up that three years. Oh yeah. Especially, you know, if it's a higher dollar amount. Yes. And then the other aspect is, cause you always got to, be taking care of your spouse, whether mm-hmm. you're the higher income earner or the lower income earner, is spousal benefits are a thing as well. Describe what a spousal benefit is for those that just might not know. 
So a spousal benefit, let's just say hypothetically, which this isn't as common as anymore, but say only say the husband or one spouse is working, the other spouse has never worked. Never. He's a stay-at-home okay. parent. All right. So you're eligible for Social Security on a spousal benefit. So if you are both, to make things a lot easier, the both same age, mm-hmm. have the same birthday, Mm-hmm. and you retire at 67 years old, the primary earner will get their full Social Security mail. So 100% of it. So Correct. Bob was the person earning all of the money, and hit Bob's wife, or Bob dies, and then the wife... No, can- you're, going, you're jumping to survivorship. I'm talking spousal benefits. Okay. This is both living, both 67 years old, the primary earner retires. Okay. The non-earner, if they are full retirement age, mm-hmm. can file for spousal benefits. Gotcha. Okay. So the individual gets the 100% of their benefits. The spouse will get 50% of the primary earner's benefit. Okay. So is it always half then? It. If they are the same age and they both file the mm-hmm. same... At 67. And this is why there is a calculator for these things. Because it varies a ton based on age differences and a bunch of other different factors. Correct. And it also is if you guys are, if the couple is both income earners in different ages, that's a whole complex calculation I can't do on the air because it just depends. Mm -hmm. The other aspect of Social Security is survivorship benefits. Right. So first you covered the individual benefit Mm -hmm. for the person, and then spousal for the person that is married to you, Mm -hmm. and then now you're jumping into the survivorship benefit. Correct. If someone dies. Okay. Yes. And so survivorship benefits, So which I'm going to go a little bit back to the spousal benefits, just because if you delay Social Security for your spouse that doesn't increase the amount that she gets. Mm-hmm. So if you delay from, you know, instead of taking it 67, you take it at 68, and your spouse takes it at 67 or 68, she still gets 50% of what your primary insurance amount is at 67. There's no step up. Wow. So... What I just saw is someone is out there listening, right? And they are like, this is a ton of information, mm-hmm. right? And heads are probably spinning, and it's like, man, this is overwhelming. So if you're overwhelmed, what should you do, Justin? Well, you can give us a call, and we can walk you through it. So. Okay. Are there any free but, resources that if yes. someone is like, I'm too scared to call Little John Financial... I want to try and research this on my own, which is always a good first step, right? Like, do your own research first. Come in educated, right? Where could they go? What can they do in order to understand this a little bit better? SSA.gov is a great website. Okay. They do lay, They have calculators in there that can calculate a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going back just a little bit, mm-hmm. let's say... The non-income earner is older. Okay. When can they file for spousal benefits? Hmm. And the answer is? Not until the primary earner 
files for Social Security. Right. So that throws a wrench. So into that things. can change the equation as well mm-hmm. because you're losing not only one benefit, you're also losing one and a half benefit by delaying each year. Right. Which it's also increasing each year, so that's not you know the same either. Survivorship benefits, on the other hand, are a little bit different. How so? So we're going to go back to the same scenario. If you're an individual, you know, individual earner. You have a spouse that is a non-earner. Mm-hmm. If you delay Social Security till seventy and you get that step up to a hundred and twenty-four percent of your primary insurance amount, and the spouse was getting fifty percent of what it would have been at sixty-seven, if you were to pass away, the spouse gets the higher of what the individual was taking, or the spousal benefit. So they would get the step up as a survivor, mm-hmm. which is good information to have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. That is, that's a game changer. Just even for a little bit of more mm-hmm. information, length of marriage rules, because it does count. For, for, for survivorship benefits, you, know, you had to be married at least nine months. Okay. So Spousal benefits, one year. And the kicker, divorce spouse benefits, you had to have been married at least 10 years. There are a lot of asterisks here. There's and a lot of asterisks. If you guys couldn't gather that, um, you can see Justin here is like the whiz kid on, on social security optimization. He deals with it all the time. He's good at it. I'm going to give you a little kudos on that one because he's not even looking at a sheet right there. He's just like passionately speaking to the microphone. So if you need help, check out the website. If you want more financial planning and help, feel free to give us a call. But we have a little bit more for you at the break. We're going to wrap things up here soon. So we're going to take that last obscene profit break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how you can look at everything as a big picture and You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. This is Matt Dixon with Justin Bruggeman. All right, gang, we are back from the last break there, and we're headed into the home stretch of the show. We left you with a ton of information on Social Security. So what you're probably going to have to do to synthesize all of it is you're going to have to go to the website Check out the podcast, hit pause, rewind, play, pause, rewind, play in that order. A lot of times over so that you can fully catch everything Justin just threw at you. And the good news is, is he's not done. He's got a little bit more to cover on Social Security before we wrap this thing up. So, Justin, where did we kind of leave off with Social Security? And what are some other things that you kind of want to talk about before the show's over? Well, with... We ended out, we ended off talking about survivorship and spousal benefits and individual benefits. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit complex, but you can figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, we can help. Okay. There is also some more, of All course. Right. All right. So if you take Social Security prior to, to full retirement age, mm-hmm. 
and you're still working. Ooh, this is a good one. They can withhold a portion of your Social Security based on your income. Is it like a tax? Would you would you kind of, in, in a no, way? Not no. necessarily. It's a withholding. Mm-hmm. So it can get reduced during the years from 62 to 67 based mm-hmm. on what your income is. Do you ever get that back? Maybe. Part of it, right? <laughs> it's a complex web. <laughs> but also what counts as earnings when they're talking about earnings limit? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about what does not count. Okay. Your pension does not count if you have one. Annuity payments do not count. IRA distributions do not count in that earnings limit. It is only wages Mm -hmm. and self-employment income, net earnings from self-employment income. We can go through taxation on Social Security, which is a whole different Scenario. Hmm. Partial of Social Security can be taxed, even late in retirement, even after 67. Really? It's all based on the amount of income that you're generating. Okay. 100% of it is not taxed, which based on your income, it can start out at a 50% of it can be taxed, and then it can crawl up to about 85% of it can be taxed because it's part of your income each year mm-hmm. so it can it can be taxed and it can be withheld some before full retirement age if you're taking it i mean that makes sense it does it though <laughs> it does it does so sum this whole thing up for me justin let's go let's kind of go back to the beginning because we've got we've talked about a ton of different stuff mm-hmm. so kind of the theme here has been looking at this full cycle of what goes into a financial plan. And we only talked about maybe three of those things today, (laughs) but we've got next week to do this too. So um, we started with, you know, what to kind of expect from a financial planner when you walk in the door, if you are looking for a comprehensive plan, right? You might not be looking for that. You might just say, hey, I need you to invest for me. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. But if you're looking for that, comprehensive plan we talked about what what was one of the first things that we talked about well the most important was what the goals are Mm -hmm. and to establish the goals we had to look at what your inventory what is the inventory okay what do we have and what are we trying to accomplish so mapping out all of the different moving pieces Mm -hmm. so that we can say hey these are the goals that we want to accomplish let's be realistic and then sometimes you discover that there's more meat on the bone and you know you can set those goals a little bit and you sometimes find out that there's a lot of times more than one way to get to the end goal or that your goals have shifted and that what you thought was your goal really isn't your goal or that your goals are impossible or improbable Ah, you know what, Justin, I I like the way you snuck that word in there. I like that. Improbable. Um, And by improbable, we mean less than 1%. No. Um, But, okay, so we talked about kind of that cash flow planning piece. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? What else did we touch on today? brought up retirement planning, which having an estimated number of what kind of income you need in retirement. Mm -hmm. So how much you need to be saving in retirement to get there. 
mm-hmm. which there's multiple sources of retirement savings. It can be after-tax savings. It can be your 401k. It can be IRAs. It can be Roth IRAs. There's a lot of different ways to accomplish the goals. And it's, we even talked about, you know, finding other sources of income stream in between mm-hmm. those gaps where if you want to retire early, maybe you need a little bit extra. How do we accomplish that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we also touched on just a little bit Social Security. And I like that. how you say we touched on we it just a little bit. It. And even though Justin's not lying on that, it feels like we just went through the weeds on it we brought it all up we kind of navigated it but we really didn't did we no it's uh it's exciting i enjoy it i could go all day about it um but also it's something you spend at least 35 years of your life paying into so i'm interested well yeah if you're investing that much time you really should take it seriously Mm -hmm. and talk to someone who's qualified and knows social security better than the average person right right so i know we're running a little bit i mean i hear the music so so i think we are out of time next week we'll get to the second part of this but you guys have been listening to the true wealth radio show this is matt dixon and justin brugman signing off have a great rest of your week guys The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.